Community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. Thank you to Telebeats for the intro that you're listening to right now. I am Lek Dog. I've switched up the intro slightly and I'm joined by, I guess now it's official canon, my second love of my life, Patch. I, oh, it's, you've come crawling back, Lek Dog. You have come crawling back. It hurt hearing you say nice things about someone else on this podcast last week it cut me real deep and i don't want to make a habit of doing it but neither uh, do i i don't want you to make a habit of doing it either it uh i don't think i could cope but i'm i'm back i'm here to to put you back into line um but it is wonderful to see you oh it's fantastic to see you too patchy i'm uh... Always happy to talk super coach with my number one man and community. It's a pleasure to have you on board, of course, if you are listening to this. Make sure you go and get your questions in for the Mailbag podcast, which gets does it get recorded on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Either way, if you're listening, go and get your questions in for that podcast. Clarky and Damo are joined by another guest this week and they will answer all of your Supercoach questions. We've got Around the Grounds. We've got the Panic Room. We've got, what else have we got? We've got everything. We've got, everything. We've got a live Panic Room. If you, you've been living under a rock, um, we go live on the official Supercoach Facebook page and the Jock Reynolds Facebook page each Friday from six o'clock. It'll be last week. It was the two of us with the Phantom. Um, the week before that, it was... Azo, Clarky, and Damo with Tim Mitchell. We like to switch it up a little bit. Make sure you get around it. Get your questions in. Come and panic with us live in real time. Uh, it's it's a grand old time. Yep, and we've, of course, got the cheat sheet, our number one driving social media content every single week, uh, probably because it's one of the only pieces of social media content we put out. But, hey... It is our number one performer, but let's talk about well, let's talk about number one performers. Patch, Clayton Bloody Oliver. Oh. I'm putting him straight at the top oh. of the agenda. Oh. We don't get treated to this sort of performance all that often in Supercoach, but when the double centuries come, they are delicious. Patch. Oh, I mean, delicious is the understatement. I mean, he had he had more points in a quarter than most players have. In a couple of weeks, like he had his second or third quarter, um, can't remember which one it was. I was just overloaded and just overwhelmed by just every possession he had, and there were a lot of them. Um, he, he scored a hundred and something points in a quarter. He just was everywhere. Was contested. Was marking it. Was kicking goals. My God, he loves the Adelaide Oval. Wow, back to back double tons against Adelaide or is it his last two games against Adelaide that he's I done that? I believe so. I believe so. I think. Let's the- fact check that while we're talking about this. Be- Here's the thing. I'm going to call him a beautiful man patch. And that's how good he is at football and super coach is that I can look past the obvious, the obvious <laughs> failings that the man has from a visual perspective. I mean, like we're obviously two beautiful people. We can't relate to the normos, but 
he's definitely one of those. But such is his performance in Supercoach that I say he's a beautiful oh, man. He's inc- absolutely a beautiful man. And could we see in, in two years' time the two best players in Supercoach both being redheads in Clayton Oliver and Matt Rowell? Could that be could that be the way of the future? What happens if Riley O'Brien gets good? Are we ready to live in that world? <laughs> I mean, there's certainly potential, and you're right. It was back to back two hundreds against Adelaide. Look, there's potential. We're gonna have a whole squad of redheads dominating the Supercoach. I used to do a redhead team every He's year. Next Bradman peeling off double hundreds at the Adelaide Oval. Is he a ranger or is he just really pale? I've never been able to. Is there to a difference? Button him down. Is there no, a difference? Not really. Anyway, not really. Hey. He's he's definitely albino ish. Um, he's what he is. What we know for certain, he's very bloody good at football. And if you don't, if you don't have him, what do you do? Like you're two hundred and four points behind the eight ball now. Like, yeah, I mean, he's the number one super coach player this year. We thought that uh, Jack McRae might be that man, and Jack McRae looked. Don't get me wrong, Jack McRae is quite close, quite hot on the heels. In fact. He's only uh, three points behind. Brody Grundy, only one point behind. But currently, Clayton Oliver, the number one man, and at $552,900, his price is going up, Patch. Rolling, he's going to have that 205, uh, in 204 in his rolling average for the next three weeks, and it's brought his break even down to 45. 45, price at 652K. If he if he pumps out a, his projected one three one, he's going to go up thirty eight thousand dollars, which puts him dangerously close to the lucrative seven hundred k mark. Supercoach projections has him hitting seven hundred twenty six k by round twelve. I'm very hopeful he gets there. I love it when the player gets over the seven hundred k mark. It's electrifying. It's electrifying. Gorn did it last year. It was incredible to watch. Would love to see Clary do it this year. Oh, it's going to be big. And I mean, I'll mention Gorn because I touched on McRae and Grundy only being three points behind. Gorn is also only three points behind, also on 1,263 points tied with Jack McRae. So, like, he's still up there. He's still up there. He's going the other way in terms of price. He's going the other way. He's already dropped 132K this year. And I guess, you know, he just thought, I'll give some points to Clayton this year and and we're on our way. Sharing the love. Sharing the love. It's a good captain move. God, he's a legend, Max. What a leader. What a leader. What a beard. His beard. <laughs> Imagine if Clary could grow a beard. I would oh, do let's, things. Let's not. I would do things. Imagine if Clary wore sleeves every game. <laughs> now that that oh, might be getting a little too this X-rated. Is, this is getting it suddenly steaming in here, Let Dog. Oh, wowie. Let's move on. So I thought we were going to save the up late video. <laughs> we're doing it live on the no, pod. No, we need to save it. Let's let's get let's get moving. Let's talk things that aren't Clayton Oliver, because we could be here literally all night or all morning or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. We had some injuries over the weekend, including um, one that that's hurt you rather nastily in uh, in Adam <laughs> yeah. Trelaw. Yeah, that's not one of my best trade-ins, uh, the old Adam Trelaw move. I put it out the Twitter. Uh, a couple of people said that I should do it, and I went with it. And so did AJ from the uh, Supercoach Brains Trust. And uh, we have been suffering together in silence since I traded him in. He has not cracked the ton. 97, 87, 83, and an injury riddle 45. And the circle is complete because I only bought him in because I had money from trading out Caleb Daniel. 
May the oh. circle of supercoach complete itself. Oh, God. Um, six to eight weeks out with an ankle injury. Obviously have to trade him. Um, Sam Taylor, not that anyone would really have him. 418K has also done an ankle out for eight weeks. Two weeks after doing the spoil of the century, um, which was oh, incredible uh, if you didn't see it. Uh, Mitch Duncan concussed. And uh, Holman suspended for two weeks for a perfectly legal tackle that got him holding the ball. But Holman is not relevant. Mitch Duncan is concussed for a week. 581k. You've you've got to hold. Oh yeah, you absolutely got to hold. Got to hold. Got to hold. Got to hold. Uh, I think we'll find that that was a pretty legal tackle uh, in the next couple of days. But yeah, got to hold him. Anthony Scott. Uh, break even now is 93. He had blurred vision, was it, during the game? And they, they just decided to, yeah, you, you should probably sit down and not run around if you can't see straight, uh, which I'm not a doctor, but that sounds like sound medical advice. You could say that he, uh, maybe he got a little, uh, maybe got a little, uh, a little salad dressing in his eye from the, uh, the old Bevo salad. I guess you could say that. <laughs> Moving yeah. right, he's, he's someone you got to trade now. Uh, 581k break even 93. I don't know if he comes, he, he, I don't know if he misses, don't know what the injury prognosis is. We are recording too early in the week to know in full detail whether or not he'll be back, but he'll start losing cash. Best case scenario, he doesn't play this week. Best case scenario, we got too many rookies to cull. Correct. Um, he'd be the top of my list of rookies to cull. Todd Goldstein did something to his ankle, looked like he'd snapped his leg clean off and then suddenly was running around the boundary again and uh, coming out and punching Essendon players in the head. Has anyone got him? I don't know. Um, uh, Cass McCool has him, actually. Uh, I don't so want to... I, don't I want suspect to, she'll have to trade him. Don't cause... talk about the other girl on the podcast, Lector. Not in front of the children. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. community, you didn't, on, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that, community. Um, Tabano, Robbie Fox, not relevant. Um, but what is relevant, plenty of rookies around that need to be culled. Lek Dog, do you want to, do you want to take us on, on a journey through rookie world to, because we need, we need those, those three buy round trades immediately to, to get rid of some of these rookies. They're all, they're all needing culling at the same time. Yeah. I look, I, I don't think we need to, I don't think it's a super, tactical and smart and thought out decisions required here. Like I think it's what rookies do you have? What are they, is their break even too high to reach and what buy round do they have? So I'm, I'm not really thinking it, it matters. We're going to be moving on these guys, James Jordan, Tom Powell, Jordan Butts, Chad Warner, all these rookies. If you've still got them, we're going to be moving them on over the next few weeks. It feels there's a chance a guy like James Jordan uh, becomes a keeper. I think the 47 is more of an outlier than the rest of his scores for the year. But look, I think you just trade the ones that's going to lose you the most cash. And if, you, if you're if looking at your buy rounds and you're like, all right, North Melbourne, North Melbourne missed round 12 so I can get rid of Powell. Now, I understand that. But I'm also looking at Powell going, hey, I've only got six players playing in round 13 and round 14. Maybe I just bite the bullet, lose a bit of cash on him and trade around him, trade Jordan, trade Warner, trade Butts, trade these other guys, trade any of the Essendon rookies before I trade him. So look, it's personal preference. It's how your team's structured. My team was structured around having trading in and holding as many players that had the round 12 buy. Powell is one of those. 
plan on holding him for a few more weeks still. But Patch, maybe you disagree. Maybe you think it's we burn the burn it to the ground and get rid of all of them. Um, look, I I tend to lean towards getting rid of them more often um, than not. But I yeah, it, it is team dependent. If you don't have any cover somewhere, you probably should keep someone lying around. Um, like I'm tempted to keep Geordie Butts because I just don't have defensive cover otherwise. But yeah, it's it's a it's a personal preference really, and uh, I think depending on what your team needs is what you should go for. But yeah, I, I don't think we should be too stressed by losing um, cash, especially if it's a, a Jordan or a Powell. I think they'll they'll make most of a chunk of it back at some stage um, if you're keeping them for the, you know through the buys. Certainly not panic stations. Yeah, I think the one thing to consider is what you're going to do with them. If you're... If you're that's obvious that's the most obvious thing i've ever said but what i mean is let me elaborate patch before you chastise me i would never i when have i ever chastised you name one time you idiot never have and you never will (laughs) damn it (laughs) i think we're gonna a lot of coaches gonna be in a situation where it gets to round 12 You've got to have, you're going to be given three trades for round 12 i don't think a lot of coaches are going to use all three of those trades watch me Think about Watch where me. you want to be in round 12. Oh, I'll find a way. I'll trade in two players that aren't playing that week. If you go double downgrade this week to a couple of rookies that are on the bubble, which we'll talk about uh, shortly, you've got a shitload of cash. Next week rolls by. You've got three tra- trades. You've got enough players playing. You're like, I've got this cash. There's no point bringing in someone who's going to have the buy in round 13 or 14. All right, I'm just going to hold. But if you opt to hold your trades this week, that's when we might see an opportunity to cash in those three trades on rookies. It's just like assess your situation, assess your buys, work out what you're going to do, actually plan ahead. Don't just trade and then not look at your team for the weekend like some of us do. To It's a way to act like I'm brave, but it's really just hiding the pain. Patch, I've not helped. I've just gone into an emotional spiral. It sounded good, though. It sounded really good. It sounded impressive. Um, I'm inspired by it. Um, but we'll move along before it's we'll, we'll move along before anyone thinks too hard about what the meaning of most of those words in that order were. Um, the rookies we are targeting this week, though. There are a few of them on the bubble. A few of them looking quite nice. One especially looking exceptional with a 75 and a 98 in his two games, breaking even of negative 70, $173,000. Uh, there's one big problem. He plays for the Western Bulldogs. It's Cody Whiteman. Uh, do, can we trust Bevo to not put him in the salad? Patch, I don't want to call you out alive on the podcast, but your pronunciation of players has historically been interesting. And I'll say that you. his name is Cody Whiteman. What did I say, Whiteman? You said Cody Whiteman, and I don't want to read into the subtext of what you're saying now. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying it's very interesting. There were some numbers there. I got flustered. You know I get flustered by numbers, (laughs) and suddenly I... I, Letters and numbers look really similar sometimes. Cody Waitman. Cody Waitman is on the bubble. Look, he's an elevated price, a hundred and... What is it? $173,000. He is effectively a small forward. He has kicked three goals and two goals um, and was 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 really nice against St. Kilda, but so was a hell of a lot of those Bulldogs players. The numbers say he is a good selection. My gut says it is not. 
my gut's been off this year though, Patch. I just don't want to put my faith again into a man who could as just as easily play Cody Waitman in the ruck next week as he could forward as he He'll could. He'll name him in the ruck based on their last two weeks of, of naming sides. Um, yeah, well, con- coaches being contrary about stupid issues is one of my biggest pet peeves, and, geez, Bevo's pushing me. <laughs> He's pushing me, the salad master. Oh, he is. But, I, yeah, I, I think if Waitman's in that team, he'll probably score the Bulldogs kick a lot of goals. They're a, a good football side. For all I want to chastise Bevo for being an annoying coach, he's good at making his team win lots of games and get lots of ball forward and kick lots of goals. And Cody Waitman will probably be a part of that uh, moving forward. So they've got Melbourne this week. And then the week after, they have Frio over there. They have a bye at some stage in there the next week in round 13. Round 14, they have the Cats. So it's not an easy run over the next month for Cody Waitman. Um, and it only really takes one bad game and he's on the fringe. You'd think Mitch Hannon is closer to that, the edge of that side in that role than Waitman is. But yeah, I'm in the same boat. I just, I've been burnt that many times by Luke Beveridge that I don't really want to go there. Um, especially when the other main option this week is from a side whose coach likes playing rookies and likes giving them a run. We had Starsevich last year. We've had Ainsworth in the last couple of years. James Madden from Brisbane, 123K forward defender, had a 47 in round seven, I think it was, and then played this week for a 78 with a break even of negative 51. What do you think about James Madden, Lake Dog? Look, it's hard to say. I think the track record that the uh, Brisbane Lions have given us is is a positive one in terms of rookies. He had 13 disposals and a goal. Like it wasn't, if you look at the stats on their own, it wasn't super impressive. But Brisbane Lion fans are pretty confident this is guy that's going to stay in the team. And he's 50k cheaper. So, and he's got a bit of flexibility for defender swing set. That 50k is probably enough for me to say he's the pick of the two. And him and Waitman, just even though his scoring potential seems slightly lower, just because if you look at his projection, he's still projected, break-even is negative 51. He's still projected to go up 50K this week. And he's doing it at a, it, it's going to come much easier for him in terms of cash gen, flexibility. I think he's the option. You pick Cody Waitman, you're 100% locking yourself into a forward that's already 173K. Uh, we saw... I know it's not the same, but I traded in, uh, what's his name? Is it Waterman from Essendon on the weekend? And, you know, I was promised the world and he scored a 48, which is serviceable, but I don't want to invest that uh, in that sort of money, 178, when I have an option that's 50k cheaper. Agreed. I mean, we were promised Jake Stringer and I think 48 is about par for when you promised Jake Stringer. Um <laughs> But yeah, the, the, yeah. the point, that doesn't make the point any less correct. Um, yeah, I, I think Madden would probably be the pick and people who know more about Brisbane than I do seem pretty confident. So that's it's good enough for me. There, there are two other rookies on the bubble, Hugo Smith, Tom Wilson. I don't think either of them are, are really worth discussing. No, we're not touching them. One plays for Richmond, one plays for Collingwood and the one that plays for Collingwood hasn't shown much scoring potential. So... Hard pass. Basketball background, though, Lake Dog. Basketball background. Oh, mate. I've got a basketball background. I'm still shit house at Supercoach, so... Case in point. 
Case in point. Another one on the horizon uh, who I want to chuck in there was Ned Reeves, 123K. Your favourite player. My favourite player for Hawthorne. Scored 81 on debut, not in the bubble this week. We get another week to look at him. Uh, but just thought I'd mention him there with uh, with Flynn bubbling along very nicely in price. We might get one price rise out of him before the Giants buy and the return of the Lord and Saviour, Braden Pruce. Yeah, the only worry for Hawthorne fans slash Reeves fans would be that John O'Segler had a had a nice game in the reserves. So did Keegan Brooksby, actually. I don't know how committed the Hawks are to play, playing the kids. We'll see if Segs comes back in at all. But um, Reeves was solid. Very, very tall player. Uh, it's hard to know. Look, he was playing against... Mark Pittnett, who historically does tend to give up a fair few points. So, yeah, let's watch him again. And worst case scenario, he might be a cheap downgrade, as you said, for Flynn. Yeah. Well, watching, speaking of that game, um, and Mark Pittnett and being at the feet of Mark Pittnett, there's a name here on this list of the next section of players we're going to talk about because there's plenty of value around this week as well. Instead of the, you know, if people don't want to go down, they don't trust either of Madden or Waitman. There, there's some 400k value, and the first name on this list, Lek Dog, just talk, talk me through it because it pains me seeing this as a as a trade in option. There's a few names I could have chucked here that uh, run around for the Blues. Adam Sard and Zach Williams both had very nice games on the weekend, playing in their actual good positions. But this man is Patrick Cripps. Mm. Why would I bring Why up Patrick? Why would you bring up Patrick Cripps? Because he's been bad. He's he's hurt all of us on a deeply <laughs> personal level and strung out the pain over 10 abhorrent weeks. Is that why? Look, it's going to be very hard for people who have had Patrick Cripps in their teams this year to listen to this. But I'm going to present to you a player. His name is not Patrick Cripps. His name is Catrick Cripps. And he is 105 grand cheaper than he was at the start of the year. He's $418,000. His last two games are 94 and a 95. Not the most amazing scoring, but the, the thing that stood out is that he started tackling again. He's had 20 tackles, 10 tackles in each of the last two games. Uh, Catrick Pripps also historically is a very good scorer. Last year was a down year. He had averaged 98. 2019, he averaged 117. If Catrick Pripps comes out and averages 98, 100 for the rest of the year. We've seen the last couple of games he's scoring in the 90s. If he can do that for the rest of the year at 400K, he he's a little bit of a bargain and his ownership has plummeted from where it was at the start of the year. He's 22% ownership now. It's going to be hard to come calling back if you did own him and we've got other options for you if you did own him. But if you haven't owned him like myself, all of a sudden I'm looking at him, licking my lips thinking, yeah, this is a guy that... that probably will fit into my team. I know Crazy Frog, who who was dominating earlier in the year and is still dominating Supercoach, he, he's also a fan of bringing in the Crip Man this week, Patch. There's, there's value there. I mean, technically, technically there's value. Um, I mean, look, this is, this is where they're in the worst positions to give advice on Patrick, on, on Catrip Prips, considering you're a, a diehard Carlton man and I've owned him all year. And for decent chunks of last year and not before that and have hated nearly all of my time uh, with Patrick, with Catrick Cripps in my team. So I, 
on paper, yes, it makes sense. Sure, like the tackles is big. I I can't endorse that. I just can't look someone dead in the eye and say this will be a good thing for you and an enjoyable experience. And I recommend you do it. I can't do that to the community, not our beloved community. You know, at this point in the in the round, at this time of recording, Monday night, he's been traded into as many teams this round as. Matt Buntine or Buntine, <laughs> Cleo Bachelor of the Year winner, Matt Buntine, Buntine, who I can only presume has been traded in because he scored 69 on the weekend. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Uh, nice. I, I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. He's 199K, um, which I didn't realize. It's crazy. Cripper, um, <laughs> um, uh, look, even bad Cripper last year scored. A, he, he loves playing Sydney. He scored in the last three games. He's scored three tons against them. Doesn't love West Coast as much, but that the game is here. And then GWS uh, mixed bag. Look, I'm not. Look, I'm just saying. He is now a trade-in target for some people in the community, myself included. So if you are an owner, we probably beyond the trade talk now. Two back-to-back nineties. If he gets ten tackles again this week, he's going to be a very interesting. Watch. On players that haven't hurt me on a personal level and run over my cat repeatedly in the driveway, uh, Adam Chera is 10k cheaper than Patrick Cripps, had 88 and 102 since returning from injury. Four of his six games are of 102 plus. Do you uh, break even of 53? Thoughts on on Adam Chera? Good footballer. Uh, yeah, big, big fan. This is another... Another Chera bomb that I'm planning to bring in this this week. I'm planning to go pr- planning to bring in Crips and Chera into my team and to try and get get some sort of value. Look, he's had yeah, as we said, four out of his what is it? Four out of his six. seven six non-injury affected games have been 102 plus. Got 102 on the weekend against Sydney. We know he can accumulate the pill. I don't think he's a tag target when Andrew Brayshaw's running around. There is that he did score 56 when against the Blues earlier in the year when they kind of tried to use him as a tagger and it just wasn't effective. I don't see them doing that again, really. Uh, and he started to find the scoreboard a bit the last couple of games. He's kicked a goal in each of those. So uh, another one who, if you take out his 15, and I'm not saying take that out from, from a scoring analysis point of view, but take it out from a price point of view, you, you're paying closer to 500K for an Adam Chera. So um, I'm more than happy to take a punt on him at 408K. Yeah, but I, 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 can, with you. I can see a world where Adam Chera is a top 15, top 20, top 20 definitely, potentially top 15 scorer from here on out to the end of the season. I can see a world where that happens. Um, I re- there is a world, um, yeah, where that happens. And I, 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 yeah, for that value, that's a punt I'd be willing to take, and I'm seriously considering taking. Um, there's one other. I was just going to say the hard part for him is uh, he's got the round 14 bye, which a lot of people do, but his next two games, Port Adelaide and Western Bulldogs, which, you know, I'm not sure how well Frio are going to go in those games. So that that's the only that's probably the scariest part. But I think long term. Good value. Yep, definitely. Well, speaking of the Western Bulldogs, the other man in this midfield mix, Bailey Smith, $400,000, pretty much bang on, um, and is the beneficiary of uh, the poor Adam Trelaw injury, which has hurt so many of us so dearly. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. By which I mean it's hurt you dearly. Um, he he could uh, could benefit quite nicely out of the, the void of significance, as our, our beloved Peter Higginbotham would call it. Yeah, look, I really like him. Once again, another guy that uh, I'm looking at. I don't know if I can be hurt by Bevo again. You know, I was having a think, Patch. You oh. know, you know what you do with a salad once you've got all the ingredients in there. I don't eat. I don't. I don't. I don't eat salad, so I. I wouldn't know. Well, I, I've. I've read in books that what you do, you put all the ingredients and then you toss the salad. As in toss, toss it, toss it out into a bin. Is that what you do with a salad? Uh, look, I'm assuming the instructions, if they required a bin element, would have said so. But it reads, you you toss the to- salad. Toss it so where? If you're the where person, are you tossing this salad? I don't understand. You toss it, you toss it together. I, you you make it, you mix it all up. You toss why? it. You toss it in the air. And then what? It lands together again? I don't understand. Who? It lands together in a slightly different who order. Designed, you throw it up. Who designed this salad? You don't know where it lands. I, that sounds really messy. Anyway. What would you call the person, what would you call the person who, who makes the salad? Makes the salad. They're in charge of preparing the salad. They're in charge of tossing the salad. My aunt on Christmas. You'd call him a salad tosser. Uh, sure. And you know who's in charge of the Western Bulldog salad? Bevo. Bevo. So guess what? Bevo is a tosser. Oh, there we go. The payoff was not worth it for the the pain I put no, you through. You made me work so hard for that, and I I hated you for it. I hate you for it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I should have just let that. That should have just let you make the joke. Anyway, um... I was really trying to get you to let me. <laughs> Round thirteen by Baz Lenka loves the midfield. Trelaw saw his CBA's jump. Smarter people than us have done analysis on that. Check him out on Twitter. We'll be retweeting him. I'm sure. Is he someone that you're interested in? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we saw him last year go absolutely nuts at certain stages. Whether or not he's he's now developing the point where he can be consistent enough to, to do that for a full season um, remains to be seen. But at 400K, he's the sort of player you'd, you'd take a punt on doing that with um, simply because, I mean, he's... He's in a very good midfield. He'll have time in that midfield. They rate him really highly. He's also got a really good mullet. Oh, he's got a great mullet. Um, which, I mean, we've seen Caleb Poulter has a great mullet. Lockie Jones, great mullet. They've been good supercoach options this year. There's a there's a trend there. Is that that's how maths people? I believe that is a maths term. Um, yes. But yeah, no, I, I think he's a good option. Average ninety two last year, um, and had some really really good games and really good signs. A uh, bunch of tons. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tons. In that season, um, that's a lot of tons in a 17-game year. It's a reasonable ton rate. Um, it's above 50%. It is. I'd, I'd back him to, to improve that. Still only got 50 games in him. He's getting close to that that breakout um, breakout zone. And I'd, Beast Calculator? I wonder what... Yeah, the, oh, the Beast Calculator liked him. It liked him. I don't think it loved him. I think uh, the... The thing about these sort of guys, which we talked about at the start of the year, we weren't looking at these guys. We're like, why would you look at a Bailey Smith if he's in a midfield option? The midfield's so deep. Now we're in a season where we're all so desperate just to field a side that this guy presents some serious value and willing to take on the risk that maybe he doesn't break out, but maybe if he can replicate some of last year's form, maybe that's enough. Yeah, and I feel like he's the safer option of the three as well. 
I just think we, we've seen that quality there before. We know what he can produce. He'll he'll average that 95 pretty comfortably, and anything above that is a bonus. And for 400k, you take that. Well, you've got another man on this list, Patch, who is cheaper than 400k. Yes, he's a forward too. So he's in a position where, you know, that value is even greater because if he averages 95 this year, that's that's top three, that's top one based on how it's been going. I don't know. It's, it's good at any rate. Um, the problem is this person is Isaac Heaney and he terrifies me, absolutely terrifies me. Uh, 387k so break even of 11. This is as cheap as he will get until he injures himself midway through the first quarter in round 14 and, you know, scores a 21 and then drops in price again. Uh, when he comes back in round 18, um, obvious upside has averaged a hundred before, um, is very good at football, very injury prone, extremely injury prone. And, that's the risk you've got to take. I, I don't have any more insightful analysis than that. If you think he can get through most of the season, go for it. If you know that if you bring him in, you won't be able to trade him back out when the time comes that he injures himself, probably not a good idea. I don't have too much more to add than that. Do you Do you have any more insight, Lake Dog? I think he's a better option than Levi Casbolt. Why you got to just, oh, you got to do me dirty like that again. Um, but yes, he, he is. I think that should be our benchmark, honestly, <laughs> at this point. We've got 12 weeks left. Will you regret trading Isaac Heaney more in round 10 than trading Levi Casbold in round 17? And I just I think even if he only played one game, you still wouldn't regret no, more. No. So take the play. Go for it. I mean, that's his, yeah. We've used a lot of measuring scales over the years, but I think the... Is, is, is he a better trade-in option than Levi Caswell is a, is a great measuring stick? Is this stick. the lowest bar we've ever set on a podcast famous for setting very low bars? It might be. It might be the lowest. I mean, if, if I'm on it, then there's already a pretty low bar, but Levi Caswell <laughs> is even lower than that, um, which is... Uh, Worrying. On an unrelated note, we also recommend trading in Jack Gunston, Ling John, Braden Ainsworth, and Ben Kavara. Go for it. <laughs> ben Kavara, who I'm I'm not totally confident still exists. I feel like one of the many midfield forwards would have absorbed him by now at the Bulldogs. I mean, it's so easy to do when they're all in tanks at night. You just if you put them put two of them in the same tank, then you're down a player, which is probably how they how they managed the list culling last year yeah that's how they circumvent the salary cap because you it's if your players do merge together in a cryostasis chamber uh you only have to play pay them the higher of the two contracts it's it's actually what uh, collingwood should have done last year when they cooked the books exactly just merge Trelaw with mason cox and create some sort of monstrosity could you could you imagine could you imagine the kicking ability of that merger of adam Trelaw and mason cox Man, can you imagine how beautiful that giant freak would be? No, no, I cannot. Let's move on. Let's move on. Michael Walters, Patch. Mm. We don't have to spend here long on here, but uh, it's it's no surprise that they Fremantle Dockers won on the weekend and he had a, a decent game. He's $375,000. He's 156K cheaper than he was at the start of the year. Damo at the start of the year talked to the community out of picking him. 
because he said he's only going to play as a forward. He's effectively done that, but on the weekend, he did score a 98. He's only averaging 69 for the year. Nice. But I'm just putting him out there because I know how desperate we are to look at forward options. Um, yeah, I mean, he's in the Heaney boat where he's probably going to get injured. Uh, at some stage, you'll probably miss games here or there. Very good footballer. Just not sure if there's space for him in that midfield to get the touches we'd want for him to average that that 90 that we'd, we'd need to see. Um, no, I, I don't think the role's there. No. I think you're right. I think they've clearly crammed in the forward. Tabernard's gone down. They need some goal yeah, kicking. I think they're uh, they're cramming. And in, in a close game, those you know they'll they'll throw him in the midfield, a la Jake Stringer, but slightly better at football, and he'll score points in those close games. But I'm just not sure that that we'll see it often enough to bring him in. Let's move on from him. Still side bottom. He look four hundred eighty one thousand seven hundred dollars. Break even is ninety seven. In the last six weeks, his lowest score has been eighty five, and then pretty much it's been ninety like. 90s. I think there's one ton in there, but he's been scoring 90s. And I know it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but and he's not playing the most amazing football in the world either. I don't actually love watching, well, I hate watching Collingwood, but I don't love watching him this season. But from a super coach perspective, is is this, is this, is what is this? It's the boring safe option, which this year, I endorse um, because, oh boy, of all the other options being uh, terrible, uh, to put them mildly. Um, round 14 yeah. by, which is a bit of a pain, but I mean, he's he's probably going to do this for the rest of the season. They'll have his role set. You know, he's, he's touch wood. He's been reasonably durable when he doesn't walk through the wrong door at Daniel Wells's house. So um, I, I, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with bringing him in. 481k. It's not a bargain. It's cheaper than you'd no. expect. It's about what you'd expect. Um, He'd be the just about the only forward sub 500k that I'd be super confident in recommending this yeah, week. Dustin Martin, if you haven't got I him, just, would be the only other one. Yeah, and that's just kind of because everyone else has him. I mean, Aaron Hall turned up again, but yeah, I no. mean, there's a few guys, right? But this is the one that I would feel comfortable with recommending, yeah. and it doesn't excite me no, at there's, all. There's almost a Corey Enright vibe to bringing him in. Yeah. You kind of know what you're going to get. You're going to get 85 to 105, and it's probably going to be 95. Yeah, it's just, it's the old standard deviation. There's not much exciting about it, but honestly, we could do with a bit less excitement in our lives this year from a, a super coach and arguably a football perspective as well. Let's talk about excitement. I'm going to lump these three together. Taylor Walker, oh. $385,000, break even 99. Lance Franklin, oh. $380,000, $300, break even 35. And Robbie Gray, $404,200, break even 57. Whose five round average is 73. I lump these together because I see people trading them in, see people looking at them, people jumped off. Taylor Walker, maybe they're stressing. Patch, I'm here to say don't stress if you jump off Taylor Walker. I know he scored whatever it was, 101 Supercoach points on the weekend. But I'm here to tell you, I was watching that game. I was watching the score. He was on about 70 when he took that mark and kicked the ceiling goal. 
if not for that, he'd be he'd have scored seventy five for the game, and you'd all be laughing. Ha ha ha! I'm so glad I traded him. Don't stress about him. Lance Franklin, he's not going to kick six goals every week. Patch and Robbie Gray saved effectively saved the game for Port Adelaide, and he's not going to do that every week. These guys are not good trades. Agreed. Agreed. They are exciting, though. The yes, yes, they are. Don't trade them in. Let's move to the defense patch. There's four names that we wanted to cover off before we finish the podcast. One I wanted to mention. Now it's hard because we've got so much value in defense at the moment. Most people have a full finished defense. I've actually got a full finished defense by some miracle. Jake Lever, though, $409,000, break even 50. He had a terrible score three weeks ago. He scored 35. And his price plummeted. This is a guy that was about to hit 500k, scored a 35. He's bounced back, 90 and 104 since then. He's now the cheapest he'll be all year. He's going to go up in price again. And he's been tonning up pretty regularly. Yep, he plays that, that third tall um, behind May and Petty. He gets a lot of intercept marks. He take, takes a lot of kicks, a lot of intercept possessions, a lot of points. He's, he's going to be reliable, very, very good value. I think he'll he'll average that 90, 95 the way through the year and for 409k if i if i had a spot left in my backline sign me up he's played 10 games this year he's had low scores of 35 53 and 70 he then had a, he had 90 against the blues where uh it, he didn't see a lot of it and every other game's been a ton so he's he's gone uh over 160% of his games this year which is which is really enticing the hard part is, is the $409,000 value outweigh the fact that there are a shitload of better defender super coach options? I mean, that, that comes down to your side, how many rookies you've got, where you've got them. That's a decision you'll have to make, and we we might not be able to guide you through. You know who could, though? Damo and Clarky could guide you through that individual scenario if you wanted to send a question in to the Jock Mailbag podcast. There'll be links on the website. There's links on social media. Send those questions in there. Next name, someone very close to my heart. A man I traded into my team this last Ooh, round. Well done. I mean, that means he'll be injured in a week and out for eight. Um, I traded him in before he got concussed <laughs> uh, at 650K or something. He's had back-to-back 105s. It's Jordan Ridley, $484,600 redos, break-even of 79. Not going to get too much cheaper throughout the year. Um, good option. Good. Oh, I think he's a great option. He's already in 30% of teams, but if you don't have him, I mean, he's he's going to be, I think his trajectory is going back up, back up, up, up. And look, his only poor scores were injury affected this year at the 31 where he got knocked out. He had his sort of slow comeback against the Blues, 87, GWS 84. And now he's remembered, oh, wait, I'm Jordan Bloody Ridley. And uh, he's taken a lot of little cheap marks in the end of games, a lot of little... Very careful but effective forward kicks. I love it. I love it. I love everything about his game. Yeah, bring him in. No arguments from me. He's just he's attractive too. And, you know, I'm okay, I'm okay to say that. I'm happy. I'm comfortable with who I am. His hair is, oh, hair's majestic. It's a majestic hair. I'll tell you what else is majestic. Lockie Whitfield's uh, liver. Did he have a liver problem? Was that what he was struggling Spleen, with? Spleen, maybe? Spleen. It's all the same. It's all gross. It's just, just <laughs> the, the gut. Just the gut area. Um, it's in 
perfect health, though, apparently. It is. And unfortunately for us, I mean, fortunate for him, very happy. Unfortunately for us, it's a little too healthy. He came back a little too strong. We really wanted to get this man priced at 400k, and he said, "No, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna drop out of 110." And he did, and it was good. Can you tell us about Lockie Whitfield? He's a, a footballer that plays for the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Um, he's uh, played for them for some time. Um, he's someone whose name. <laughs> are you like doing your PowerPoint presentation with, and the words are spiraling into frame? He's a he's a long way down this list that I'm scrolling to try and find to find some relevant information about Jordan Ridley. Uh, this year, came back round seven, scored 83, 74, 80, and then the 110. Um. Not entirely sure what role he's playing in the Giants because I don't watch Giants games as a general rule because I no longer live in New South Wales and uh, don't hate myself that much. Um, but he, I mean, he scored points on the weekend. He's 500k, which isn't as cheap as you'd want to get him, but you know he's got a very good buy, um, very very good buy. And sure, if you if you need a defender and you want someone that's very likely to finish in the top six, uh, Lockie Whitfield is your man. Yeah, there's uh, there's a chance you could get him in a week. His break even's one oh seven. His price shouldn't change too much. I expect him to get that. He, look, he's 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 playing in the defensive half. He's pushing up on the wings. He's pushing up through the middle a bit. I couldn't tell you exactly what his role is, but he's certainly more defensive oriented than he is forward oriented, uh, as you'd come to expect. But he, we do know that he's capable of going up forward and, and kicking a goal. He's he plays whatever role is required of him. He's averaging 25 and a half touches a game. And I think if you get enough of the ball, you're a, you're a good chance at scoring pretty well in Supercoach. Yeah. yeah, the old-fashioned utility position. Yes, utility, which we we should introduce to Supercoach, by the way. Just a little side note. The last one, Patch, I wanted to ask you about is Changuth Giath, who is priced at $393,000. His break-even is 119 he was the solution to all of our backline problems a few weeks ago. He's now not that. No. What do coaches do? Um, panic. Um, make a salad. That's your suggestion. For, that's your solution for everything. I know, and it works every time. I feel so much better after panicking. Um, he's look. He's had a rough run. He's had a rough run, and so of Hawthorne. Really, if you lose to North Melbourne, then what are you doing with your life? Um. Which I can say because we thumped North Melbourne you, on the weekend, which geez, was your confidence is excellent. We won two well. on the trot, and oh boy! Um, but yeah, Chiath scored sixty-one and fifty-five in his last two. Clubs have figured it out that if you give the really quick guy with good skills a lot of time and space, he'll use that time and space to deliver the ball inside fifty. So they're just not—they're not giving it to him. They're just bumping him. They're making sure there's someone on him. He doesn't have that run which is a significant issue. Um, uh, playing against Gold Coast, Sydney, Essendon, and the Giants in the next couple. So might have a bit more of that run, but I can understand why he'd jump off. I'd probably hold him through the buys. He's not going to, you know, he'll bleed a bit more cash, but I think the warm body, unless you've got a lot of trades, I think the warm body will do you better. You hold him, you get rid of him last or second last if you've got Patrick Cripps because you get him rid of Patrick Cripps last. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think you should hold, but that's very easy for me to say as someone who doesn't have him in their side and isn't watching 60s and 50s just kind of dribble in 
Yeah, it's disappointing. He's had two good scores, a 99 and a 101 in his last six games. Last five games. But since that, back to back to back a ton, when everyone jumped on, he's not been super exciting. Uh, if you jumped on early, I can justify trading. If you jumped on late, I would yeah hold him through the buys, see if he can squeeze out another ton or two for you. He's got a higher scoring profile than a rookie. So if you can carry him through the buys, I think I think he he's going to get on field over your rookies. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Agreed. And speaking of uh, players on the bars, we were going to talk about this at the top of the show, and then we both forgot. Um, are we targeting guys who who have the buys in a few weeks? We'll just make this pretty brief. But are, are you targeting players that will have a buy in two weeks, despite knowing you'll only get the one score? and then they'll have a week off, and then they'll play through the buys? Or are you going to wait until after their buy? Are you going to try and hold trading for a few weeks and then bring them all in, bang, 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 the second they're all they're all back and playing? Yeah, there's, there's a few things you can do. You can use your trades, as we talked about before, to maximize your cash gen, trade in a couple of rookies that are on the bubble. You could double downgrade. Um, for me, I'm looking at value rather than, than anything else. So if I'm going to trade in... Chera and Crips this week, it actually goes against the original buyer planning I had. They just present good value to me. I don't think there's an issue. In fact, I would encourage people to trade in someone with the round 12 buy. And when I say encourage, I mean you, if they present value this week and they have the round 12 buy, don't not trade them in because we're going to need cover in round 13 and 14. Most people's teams are heavily stacked towards those two rounds or one of those two rounds. Don't let it influence you. Now, looking further ahead to a round 13 or a round 14 guy, unless they present super value, I'm probably avoiding them. I'm not paying full price for someone who has the buy. Well, actually, I'm not paying full price for anyone uh, who has anyone at all in the next three weeks because they have their buys. But if they have value, that supersedes the buy round for me. There we go. Wonderful. What about you, Patch? Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I think that... Yeah, I don't, I don't think you shouldn't trade people in because they've got to buy in two weeks. Um, but again, it's it's a, this year especially all about value because the rookies are struggling. We're struggling. Our trade numbers are struggling. Um, and you just kind of got to do what you can and fix it on the fly. And if that involves bringing in Patrick Cripps, then sure, that sounds like you're, you're fixing it. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Bring, 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 <laughs> bring, in, bring in the value. Um, and then if you're not bringing in value, if you want to bring in your Tom Mitchells, your Travis Bokes, um, I'd be paying for them instead of paying for someone that's got a, a buy after that, such as a Clayton Oliver or someone in of that ilk. All right, Patch, we're going to do the final segment as we wrap things up, as we approach the hour mark or thereabouts. For the keen li- listeners who have stuck around, Patch, I'm introducing a new Oof. segment. That segment's called Sleeve Watch. Dun, dun, dun. If you are out there listening and you want to submit an opener to Sleeve Watch, I'd love to have it. Someone who's talented. You don't even have to be talented. Just someone who's less lazy than me. They want to put together an opener for Sleeve Watch. Please, please do so. Patch, we're going to look at the best sleeve performance. Well, the most, not necessarily the best, the most influential sleeve performance of the week. I'm going to keep putting call-outs for Sleeve Watch. People, if you're listening, you need to respond 
You need to tag every single player who's wearing sleeves over the weekend and let us know so we can watch them. This week, Patch, it's the sleeve watch winner. I guess they're a winner. What do they win, Patch, on sleeve watch? What do you reckon? Oh, um, what do oh what a new pair of socks? Do you reckon so they can pull the socks up to go with the sleeves? We've had this discussion a little bit recently um, as to whether or not you value socks. Sleeves up. down, yeah, socks sleeves up. down, socks up. It has a good ring to it. I like the vibe of it. Maybe we can give out a fresh pair of socks. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to have to Cause, do. Because the feeling of running out on a football field with a fresh pair of socks is second to none. Like, I know it's a small thing. It's It doesn't sound like a good prize, but, oh boy, is it a good one. Oh, it feels good. And and if you can cover as much flesh as humanly possible while you're playing football, that says to me that you're a man's man. That maybe you're a little insecure and you're willing to hide it. And that, to me, signifies a greater strength. <laughs> Than any strength there is. But also, you're not af- you're not afraid to be different with sleeves. You're not afraid to to no. stand out and say, "Hey, this is who I am. I I'm more comfortable in sleeves. I'm not going to let let peer pressure dictate that I don't wear sleeves. I'm not going to let some you know shorts wearing Hawthorne Premiership winning coachy dude tell me what to do. I'm not going to be pushed around like that. No, I'm a sleeves wearer. I'm proud exactly. of it, baby. Exactly. Get the pride out for sleeves. Anyway, Ed Langdon, sleeve watch this, this week. This week's sleeve watch winner, winner of the new, is Ed Langdon. Winner of the new pair of socks. Come on down, Edward. He's priced at five hundred four thousand one hundred dollars. Break in with eighty seven. Look, he had a he, he was awesome. He was awesome in that Adelaide game, and he was play, He's been fantastic on the wing this year. He's got one hundred three super coach points from twenty seven touches. Hit the scoreboard twice. He had two goals for the the Melbourne Demons and if they had won he would have had a big part in it they didn't win but he still had a big part in that performance I just I love him mate he and we've been opening cards lately on online me and me and Baz and he is in he they have put him in every single version of card possible and he's in sleeves in every single yes. one of them he is an Australian hero God bless God bless Ed Langdon and he he is like he, he's not going to Take them off on a cult, on a warm day. He's committed to the sleeves, and will wear them. He's a sleeved he's man, just... and he's got the little uh, the little headband as well. Yeah, Gav. he's he's not afraid to stand out and say, "This is who I am. I'm Ed Langdon. I'm wearing sleeves. I've got a headband. I'm pr- I'm proud of it." And good on him. We're proud of you, Ed. If you're out there listening, we're very proud of him. I'm sure there's a there's a super fan out there who's cut up all his highlights from the weekend and. If you've if you've done that, send it to us. We'll put it on the website. Ed Langdon, kudos to you, sir. You've had a very good year, averaging a hundred for the year. Well done. Hashtag sleeve watch winner for round ten, two thousand and twenty-one. It's like the rising star. It's more exciting than the rising star. It's more important than the rising star. Exactly. Exactly. And it's far less controversial. <laughs> it's very simple. <laughs> Wear sleeves. Play well. It's a, it's a winning combination. It is a winning combination. I wouldn't be surprised if if when this segment catches on, we're going to start seeing sleeves on every single player in the AFL. Be the change you want to see in the world. That's what we're doing. Fremantle sold sleeves last week, sold out instantly. Instantly. Essendon are selling three-quarter length sleeves, which you can buy. Carlton Football Club. Puma, I've spoken to you both before. I've spoken to people at both organizations before about sleeves specifically. A lot of promises have been made and not a lot of promises have been delivered. 
We need to make them available to the public. It doesn't make sense that children can wear sleeves, but I can't. It's unfair. It's downright unfair. It's uh, it's time to, to wrap up, to go look at uh, pictures of players wearing sleeves. It's been a pleasure, Lek Dog. An absolute bloody pleasure. Oh, mate, it's always a pleasure speaking to you, Patch. So it's good to be back. It's good to be back. <laughs>